You're in uncontrolled airspace. EAA Radio welcomes back the long-running general aviation podcast, Uncontrolled Airspace, to share the microphone for 90 minutes of virtual hangar flying. Now, here are the voices in your head, the UCAP gang, editor Jeb Burnside, journalist Dave Higdon, and new media producer Jack Hodgson. Good morning, Oshkosh. Good morning, Air Venture. We're coming to you this morning from the deck here at uh, EA Radio, and I want to say uh, welcome, folks. You ready for this? To episode 300. 300. Of Uncontrolled Airspace, the general aviation podcast. Maybe it's time to sell that portfolio. I know, really. We're coming to you once again from the studio in the sky, actually the front deck of the studio in the sky, the flight line home of EA Radio at AirVenture Oshkosh 2012. And uh, let me say hi to my friends here in our little virtual hangar uh, the, today. Uh, we have Jeb Burnside's here. Hi, Jeb. How are you doing this morning? Well, thank you. Got some rest last night, and uh, I'm, I'm in fine fettle. Yes. Well, we're going to, yeah, we all got to sleep a little <laughs> bit later this morning, so that was a good thing. Uh, and, uh, and we're going to talk more about what you've been doing all week long, but uh, oh, also let oh, me say, uh, say hello and kind of welcome back to Dave Higdon, who uh, wasn't able to join us for the last full-blown episode we did. But uh, uh, hi, Dave. How you doing? Ah. Doing great. Uh, got all the, uh, the, the the little difficulties behind me. Back in the saddle earlier this week, and if I'd have missed three hundred, I'd have had to kill somebody. Uh, yeah, well, I, I figured that wasn't going to happen. So, anyways. and I want to give a quick shout out to my buddy Doug Jackson, who just left here in Toro One Hundred One. Looks like he's uh, Wichita bound right now. So. Yeah. Yep. We're going to have a few of our friends visit us throughout the morning uh, up here on the deck. Uh, James Winbrandt should be by in a little while, and uh, a few other uh, uh, mystery guests who should be wandering by as the morning goes on. Um, as we've been uh, lucky to do for the last few years, uh, we are out here on Sunday morning uh, on the second, second floor deck of EA Radio, right out here on the edge of the flight line. Uh, this is just an awesome spot to be. Uh, and, uh, and the wind is with us this morning because yeah. they are, in fact, taking off the airplanes right in front of us. They're all taxiing into position uh, right out there in front of us, and we see a, uh, an RV of some sort on the roll right now and taking off to the south. Yep, so they're using 1.8, and uh, that means that we get a ringside seat for everything that taxis into position. They're, they're using 2.7 also, and uh, I had the great fortune to just kind of sit and watch the airplanes take off this morning with my cup of coffee, and uh, some of them uh, decided they want to go north a little bit prematurely, so they go right over the right. top of the hotel, about yep. 150 feet above my head. Yeah, you can tell, you know how how much attention people pay to the bellies of their aircraft. <laughs> which is to say not a lot which is to say no some of them uh, are sparkling clean some of them not so much um i don't wish to be graded on that scale yes yeah there you, you can tell what product lubricant that some of them use by that view yeah a- 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 aviation lubricant Okay. Aviation lubricant. <laughs> yeah. Engine yeah. oil. Engine oil. There we go. So, anyways, uh, we're out here watching the airplanes. Yeah, there were a lot of airplanes taking off on 2-7 this morning. Um, and I was talking with some folks this morning. We were speculating that the, uh, you know, EA has been working hard to kind of balance out the week so that people, you know, kind of stay as uh-huh. long as possible. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And the big, one of the big elements of that is the uh, nighttime air show last night uh-huh. and the fireworks. 
And we were speculating that the people who might originally have left on Saturday afternoon stayed and they all left this morning. I, I would agree with that, yeah. We were talking on the Daily last night about the fact that there seemed to be more airplanes still parked in the North 40 than, than yeah. was, you know, common some Talk years. Talk to me about 3 o'clock. I don't think well, you'll be able to say that. Yeah, they're definitely moving out of here yeah, this morning. Yeah. So uh, That does tend to happen on closing day. It, it's yeah. funny about that. Yeah. The good news is it means that things are kind of quiet and down here, but the show is still going full blast and you know, the crowds are a little less so you can kind of get in to spend more time looking at the airplanes and exactly. uh, talking to the exhibitors. So, exactly. uh, what's that airplane? That's a really. That's a. That's uh, those, I'm not sure that that's what I think it is. I, I'm not sure. I, kinda, I think high wing tricycle gear. I think it's a rant. Uh, no, I'm sorry, a rant, not a round. Uh, Zenith. Yes. Uh, Zenith. Okay. I think it's a stall. Yeah. 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 Uh, Silver colored uh, yeah. high wing uh, tri- tricycle gear. Uh, Interesting look to it. it. it looks I was a just in like their area about a half hour ago, and it looks like the one that was parked over there. I did not take down yeah. the tail number. looks a little bit like the uh, the Valor LSA that I have my eye on up in Sanford, but it's not. It's and right behind that's a Comanche, and right behind that is, I think, an RV-10. I think that's a 10. Yeah. So how's the week been for you guys? You had fun? I mean, it was kinda, it's been a really interesting year for us here at AirVenture. And, uh, uh, I would call large portions of it fun. Yeah, <laughs> yes, large portions <laughs> of it. How about you, Jeb? But, uh, uh, large portions were fun for same, you as same well. Thing. Same thing. Tell me and, a- and in fact, I think the, the portions that weren't fun for me uh, ran concurrently with those which weren't fun for Dave. That 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 that's what I think. I, I think that meshes perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, tell me about an airplane that you liked you saw this week. All of them. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, well, I, it's it's tough. I did uh, this morning swing through uh, Warbirds. Had some quality time down there briefly, and the uh, P40C. That's uh, on display. That was on display here. We just saw it take off a few minutes ago before we started the podcast. Um, that is a very clean-looking uh, 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 restoration. Uh, it's as someone pointed out. It's got a different profile mm-hmm. uh, in a couple of areas uh, that are uh, as distinguished from uh, later model P40s. Uh, the P40E, for example, kind of think of as maybe the classic uh, Warhawk, the classic P40. The C has. A slightly different nose uh, configuration to it, mm-hmm. uh, uh, fairing here or there that's that's not the same as the later models. But uh, that particular aircraft, I think it won some award here uh, this week. Uh, well deserved, I would I would think. Mm-hmm. Which you can all find out about in Air Venture today. Which you can all find out about in Air Venture today. Uh, I haven't had a chance to look at the paper today, but uh, uh, just a very clean looking airplane. Uh, so you know, pressed for a response at. Uh, I don't know, 10, 10, 10 in the morning, uh, that would be my answer. Okay. David, yeah, you, you more than more than most are unable to get around very much, but uh, any any airplanes, interesting airplanes cross your eyesight? Well, I was back at, uh, at the Rand's stand a little while ago talking to the owner, Randy Schlitter, there, and I keep coming back to how much I like his S7 Courier, uh, a little tandem light sport category airplane, flies really well. We're all. Uh, I read about a couple in the paper this week uh, Dave's, that I'd Dave's, like to get by and see today, uh-huh. and I'd be able to better answer that question when I've actually had a chance to see what's on display here. Yeah, which hasn't really happened. Yeah, yet, yeah, so. I, I would concur with that. We, yeah. we all just kind of had our attention drawn here. We're about to have a close encounter here of a very, very cool kind. 
Uh, this is actually interesting. I, so um, the uh, I believe it's the EAA B-17 uh, Flying Fortress is taxiing uh, on on the taxiway. It here. looks it looks like aluminum overcast. From our right to the left, it's about to pass right out in front of us here. The thing that's interesting is it's on one of the narrower taxiways. It's just barely fit. The wheels are just yeah. barely on the pavement. Do, that, do, that is the taxiway. They're, yeah, they're doing a great job. That's. Um, don't, do they usually taxi that what, that airplane on this taxiway, or do they take it out onto the uh, onto the uh, back taxi on the runway, or take it across the way to the other taxiway? It's not bigger. Yeah, Dave, yeah. you can't just shake your head. It's radio. Yeah, that's not that's not aluminum overcast. <laughs> I don't know who which. Oh, you're right. It's not. Can't read it yet. Uh, got you know obviously different. Beautiful uh, amphib taking off uh, here. What's that's that? A, that's uh, a widgeon. That's widgeon. a widgeon. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty nice. Oh, that's. Yankee Doll, I believe. Uh-huh. The, yeah. B- the B-17, Yankee yep. Doll on the nose. Yeah, yeah. from the and, uh, angle, the, the, the nose art kind of favors this uh, is all gonna be pretty that interesting. of aluminum overcast, too. You guys ever had an opportunity to get inside a B-17? Not recently. Not recently, no. But in, in years past, yeah. It's it's remarkably small. Smaller than you might think from, from uh, you know, watching 12 O'Clock High on television as a child. And, well, uh, and, and wide-angle... Cinematic lenses have a way of expanding right. the, uh, the 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 appearance of small spaces. Right, right. But I got a chance to. This is many years ago, but I got a chance to crawl around inside one of them. And, and, and uh, crawl is the operative word. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's what one. The thing that really struck me was how small the spaces were. I actually got to stand in the uh, the turret on top there, and you know, as if I and put my hands on the whatever the you know the grips, and and just to try and imagine how insane an environment right. that must have been in, in battle in a heated yeah. flight suit yeah. with a parachute yeah and an oxygen mask and those gun barrels are right there i mean right. like you know t- a foot from and, your face and the top turret operation spots just barely behind the cockpit and then down on the floor there's this little narrow tunnel space that goes down to the nose where the bombard bombardier right. works yep yep then there's a navigation station and a radio operator station. There's the wing gun post. And then there's that little crawl space that takes you back to the tail gunner spot. Right, yeah. And in between all of that is the bomb bay. Are you, in fact, someone told me one time that you're not able to get to the tail gunner spot in flight. Is that the case? or? I believe you can. I yeah. think you yeah, can. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, somebody's got to come out first. Yeah, one at a time. Well, right. Yeah, you got the tail wheel. Uh, you know, it's going to retract into the into the tail there. But uh, I, I remember a tail uh, to use that uh, uh, that word again um, of uh, years ago. A a person who served on those in, in World War II. Uh, now a grandfather took his granddaughter through one. Maybe it was aluminum overcast. Maybe it was some other uh, 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 display at some lo- at the local airport. And uh, the the granddaughter had known that the, the grandfather had served on the airplane before and and was you know suitably impressed but then going through the thing and realizing and understanding that uh, uh, there was it wasn't armored the, the only thing separating the human inside it from the bullets trying to to penetrate the airplane while it was in combat was some sheet aluminum measured in hundreds of an inch yeah. And that was uh, uh, that to me remains impressive, and it was certainly impressive to the granddaughter. Yeah, yeah. It it, it must have been just an incredible experience yeah. to be in battle in these. Uh, my my yeah. uncle was a, a aircraft commander on one of those. He had interesting things to say when he finally started talking about it fifty right. years later. That's that's the that's the other part of that. Yeah, yeah. 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 We've got a, a a bunch of listeners down here. Uh, stop by to help us celebrate three hundred. Hi, thank you for coming by, you folks. 
And uh, I'm hoping we're going to get a chance to go down there and say hi to some of them a little bit later on. Uh, and uh, and uh, uh, James Winbrandt, along with our friend Rick Reynolds, have arrived, and they're going to be chatting with us a little bit in a while. I believe that uh, they have a... Uh, uh, another special surprise for us this time. So uh, we're going to be coming back for that in uh, in just a little bit. We're going to take a break here, uh, but you are listening to episode 300 of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. From EAA headquarters in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, this is EAA Radio, the voice of EAA. You know, Jeb Burnside really does wear Piper yellow Seconite cargo shorts. Thank goodness this is not TV. More now of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. Beats <laughs> <laughs> Beats Be- going commando, right? Yeah. I promised I'd never tell, but Mike apparently, yeah. We're back Gets here. It's a whole new meaning to the word dope and fabric. We're back here on the uh, second level deck of uh, EAA Radio here at AirVenture 2012. Uh, it's a nice morning. It's overcast, but that's good, actually. It's been a little bit warm in past years when we've been out here on the deck. Oh, Testing yeah. one, two? Yeah. So, really uh, pleasant. Really Too pleasant. loud? Loud enough? Not loud enough? Yeah. You're good. You're good. right on the money. We've got a couple other friends that have joined us here. But first of all, I just kind of... So, as I said, this is episode number 300 of... Uh, of uncontrolled airspace. Um, just a couple of stats here. I think he forgot there for a second. I was going to say, I, I hope he can you remember on? the name uh, what, what he's doing here. Uh, so I, we, we, over 300 episodes um, across almost six years. So think about this for a second. We have spoken on the telephone every week for about an hour and a half for six years. I'm telling you, there's no relationship in my life that I... I, I was going to say... It, right? it, I don't, I, I, yeah, no. Yeah. Not, not even when I was married. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying, does, does the average married, does the average person who's maybe been married more than a couple of years spend an hour and a half a week just sitting and talking with their spouse? I don't think so. So there you go. 400 hours of content we've produced. 400 hours. If you do the, if you do the math, that means that if you sat down and started listening to episode one right now and listen to them back to back, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It would take you two and a half weeks to listen to all the episodes. Of I like to look at it another way. 400 hours means that you owe us 10 weeks back. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's been a thrill. It's been a thrill. I enjoyed it. Thank you guys. And we're not done yet. So there we go. Uh, two good friends have joined us up here on the deck. Uh, James Winbrandt is back, who joins us all the time uh, throughout the year. And uh, congratulations! What a, an honor to be here on your 300th show. Incredible accomplishment! Oh, thank thank you. you, thank you. You helped, and also uh, another good friend of ours who isn't able to join us as often, but Rick Reynolds of EAA is here. Hi, Rick. How are you doing this morning? Can you hear me? He doesn't have headsets. We all have headsets, so we can all hear each other, except Rick's sort of the odd man out here. But uh, good morning, Rick. How are good you morning. doing? So how's it going? Very well. This is the day when you get to breathe, right? Yes, pretty much. You've yeah. been working. You've been working really hard, um, and uh, all week long uh, managing the whole process of putting out Air Venture today, the newspaper. Yep. And uh, do they do they release you from your regular EAA staff duties this week, or are you sneaking away and well, doing that job as well? Well, these are my EAA staff duties uh, okay. this week. Obviously, we don't put out um, a weekly newsletter. We put out a daily newsletter, and someone else does that. Thank God. But uh, yeah, we had a you know. A very challenging week with more pages and um, same amount of people. Yeah, and, yeah. And I can't say enough about the job that you all did. I mean, 
mean, you, you you took out some extra duties as I well. Did, you know, uh, I mean, the others really are the ones that carry, do the heavy lifting. Um, not the sure. men, not the least of which are my two friends here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I I know you're not an EAA spokesman, and I'm not asking you to do that kind of thing. But just how is the week for you? How does it feel? You've been to a lot of air ventures now. Well, this is my thirteenth. Yep. Uh, with with most of you guys, and uh, you know, it, it's it's pretty much uh, a process that is very familiar. You get the same feelings leading up to it. The same uh, tension and pressure as you're in it, and uh, when it's over, it's like the weight is lifted off, yeah. and you know here we are again on on the uh, what do you call this the cabana or the <laughs> the deck this, this is deck this the, is the, the this patio is, yeah this yeah. is the deck this is out on the deck at EA right. Radio yeah so this is pretty nice um, the airplane yeah, the airplane flow is slowed down a little week. bit here. Where'd the B-17 go? Oh, he's still on the taxiway he's down over there. here. He was, I don't know, doing a little 360 right there. The taxiway. I think yeah. he's trying to check something out. Um, not sure. Yeah, but, uh, if we're lucky, he's going to get ready to depart. That would yeah. be cool. But, yeah. uh, and we'll be there live when he does. We will. We Although, last time we waited for somebody, some big plane to, to depart, we spent the entire episode anticipating. The, remember the C-5 was on the Yeah, we, we, yeah, yeah, we can still, uh, we can still be C-5 here waiting for was, that. Uh, Let's see now. At the time, I think he was in position and holding, but now he would be lined, lined up, up and waiting. waiting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, he was down there the whole episode, and we're like going, okay, here I go. Here we go. And we ended the episode. He still hadn't taken off. Long, uh, long checklist and waiting on a clearance. But maybe the 17 will be a little sooner than that. Uh, a lot of people still wandering around here on the grounds, uh, enjoying the airplanes that are remaining. Uh, they, obviously, the show planes, the uh, exhibit airplanes are still here in full force. A little bit fewer uh, member airplanes here, but still some interesting stuff. And uh, oh, there's still a lot of stuff that you can see from here down at Vintage, oh, yeah. and uh, they're still they're flying down on the farm this morning. Down at the ultralights, uh, the yeah. ultralights have been uh, have been uh, staying busy and and uh, clocking some touch and goes and some uh, landings and uh, enjoying. Not a still morning, but a smooth morning. Yeah. So, right. yeah, bound to be fun. So, uh, what were some of the stories that happened this year? This year, we uh, we talked about a few of them throughout the week on the dailies and whatnot. Um, we had that uh, uh, well, the R the RV fourteen, the new yeah, Vans RV fourteen um, was announced uh, on the afternoon of our episode earlier in the week, and we didn't know very much about it. Do we know a little bit more about it yet? Uh, well, we had Randy uh, Dufo had uh, done a story. We. What happened was it came in about 3 o'clock on Monday. Right. And uh, we knew something was coming in. Didn't know exactly what it was. Yeah. I and I was just going to say that, you know, we were able to get it in that paper that yeah, day. Yeah, it was for the very, Tuesday very cool. Paper. It was on the yeah. cover the next day. So, quick uh, turn, quick turn, yeah. our specialty. It was. It was. Um, I haven't really had a chance to internalize all its features yet, but it appears that what they've done with that RV-14 is to kind of really pick the best of the previous um, airplanes, uh, they've the you know six and a seven. In they've particular. got the I don't know. It's like the the best perf- you know the, the the better performance of one and the seating configuration of another and the you know and it's uh, it's kind of like a you know uh, greatest hits kind of airplane almost uh, a best of airplane. Well, Ken Ken Scott said that it was a, an RV seven or six. I can't remember which one for big guys. Yep, seven is what I've heard it compared to. Crossed with an RV ten. Ten, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for two seat RV ten. Jeb has spotted an aircraft in the sky about to pass overhead. It looks like it could be Fifi. It's a big, uh, long-winged, four-engine, you know, bomber-like, transport-like, probably a bomber. I would say it's Fifi. It's heading overhead here. It's 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 pretty high. What would you say? It's like about thousand, two thousand feet. Um, I'd say fifteen hundred. Okay, going right down the uh, runway center line uh, overhead. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, Yeah, that. uh, That's her. That's Fifi. Yep. I wonder if Fifi's going to be. No, that's a, a seventeen. Is it? That's a seventeen. 
Yeah, the chin turrets. Oh, that's ours. That's and the AAs. That's aluminum overcast. That's yeah. a V-17. All right. Yeah. So, Still about 1,500 feet. But. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. You see that all the time. You almost get a little bit, in, you know, kind of blasé about this. The, the cool airplanes. Never. Uh, uh, James, you trying yes. to jump in here and say something? Uh, I'm just ogling and just in awe, as always, of all uh-huh. the great aircraft around and, and always impressed by your abilities to spot the <laughs> differentiations between them. Although they were wrong initially. <laughs> yeah, we, we got it wrong. We were Look wrong. Look in the sky. It's a bird. Well, we, yes. got, it, we got it right eventually. Yeah. I mean, e- even uh, uh, even CNN has a record like that. Yeah, so. yeah. That could be our, that could be our uh, you know, that could be the slogan of uncontrolled oh, airspace. Yeah. Yeah. We got it right eventually. Yeah, yeah, all right. You know, we got it wrong at first, but then we corrected ourselves. <laughs> the blind right, squirrels yeah. of aviation spotting. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we so. will eventually find the right nut. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see now. What else? So what other airplanes we saw? Let's see now. We had the uh, the not a diesel Cessna, which was kind of a big story this yeah, week. Yeah. Compression ignition Cessna. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, it is a diesel, right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's a diesel. A, for whatever reason, SMA. Cessna. Cessna didn't want to call it a diesel, so... Uh, then there's the Rude RA-2 uh, aerobatic airplane with uh, LSA category and, and interchangeable wings, and... Uh, Wait a minute, elaborate on that, because I'm not sure if I've heard about that one. I, it's uh, a new design that was here this uh-huh. year. Who's, uh, the, who's the manufacturer? Rude, R-U-D. Okay. And uh, they're marketing it as something where you can go from one type of flying to another by exchanging the wing panels, which is not a plug-and-play thing. It does take a little bit of time. And the tail surfaces as and well. And the tail surfaces, that's right. So, so if you start out as uh, a beginning aerobatic pilot, you can have their beginner wing. Then, as you advance, they will buy that back and give you credit towards a more advanced wing. Or, if you are a performer or a competitor, you can have your high-competition wing trucked to your next show while you use your cruise wing to get there. Really? Swap them out in four to six hours That's or so. That's interesting. I, I, I spent some time over the Pipistrol booth yesterday afternoon talking to our, our friend uh, Brad. And uh, he was showing me. We were sort of waiting. There was a, there was a crowd of people around the Pipistrel Alpha, which is this new trainer that they've been uh, just started taking orders on. And uh, so while we were waiting to get up up close to the Alpha, uh, we went and sat in the uh, their uh, another one of their models called the. It's spelled virus, but it, I believe they pronounce it virus. Virus, yes. And the virus, um, it, it's basically a, a more um, more more stuff, more equipment, more gear version of the Alpha. Um, a very cool airplane. Uh, it was very, very impressive. It's got a, you know, it's a relatively small two-seater airplane, yet it's, it's got, got a, a big, thin wing. It's got a, a, a adjustable pitch prop. Uh, it's got an autopilot. It's got, uh, um, it's got something I have never seen on on airplanes like th- at this level before. It's got it's got 18 degrees of flaps, three notches of flaps in the traditional di- direction. It's also got one notch of flaps in the up direction. It's got five degrees of negative flaps. Uh, right, that improves the. Cruise, does it really? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah that improves the cruise. That's a feature not uncommon on high-performance sailplanes. Yeah, and it's also got big honking speed brakes that just pop up straight up out of the top of both wings. That's and another. It's 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 kind of a, a, a linkage to the uh, sailplane. Sailplane, and that's what made me think of it. Is that James was talking about an airplane that you can reconfigure by carrying different wings out to to wherever you're flying. This airplane, although there's only one, and I hope I understand this correctly. I'm pretty sure that I I, I got what he was trying to explain to me. There's only one model of the airplane, all right? Uh, there's only one wing configuration. There's only one fuselage configuration, all right? But 
Um, depend you, you get to choose when it just as it's coming out of the factory whether you want it um, um, certificated or whatever as a regular airplane or an LSA or a glider or a, you know and and depending on which its paperwork says it is there are different limitations and opportunities for using it and it was kind that, of interesting that's correct for, that, for example if you get it as a motor glider configuration yep there's no medical certificate required right right period but, but it's the interesting part at least you don't to even me, have to have the driver's license requirement of the light sport the interesting thing to me is that the only thing that makes that so-called and i make finger quotes configuration different is there's different words on the paperwork. It's the exact same airplane. Regardless. I believe the motor glider might have a little bit difference in the, in, in the prop, in that it can feather. We'll have to ask him. I, I, I tried to get that straight in my head, and, I, and he kept saying, "No, it's the same airplane." It's the yeah, same you're airplane. not gonna you're not gonna want to shut down a regular prop up there and have it just stop with the blades oblique to the air. Yeah, you're gonna want them on edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So. we got two things going on here. We got. V-17 overhead northbound now, and it looks to me like there may be a C-5 that is creeping backward off of... Uh, oh, it definitely is, uh, yeah, the C-5. Philip 66 in, Plaza. Yeah, in yeah, the west ramp. Well, they, said this, they said this morning that that was going to leave at 10 o'clock. Obviously, they're a little behind schedule. Well, which time zone you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, this could be this could be, uh, this could be a year ago's episode all over again with the C5 sitting no, out there. No, we're not going to wait on it. Yeah, no, we're not. Yeah, we're we're not gonna gonna wait on I'm it. not going to wait That's on it. That's right. Yeah, so anyways, let's see now. We're sneaking up on break time here, but uh, uh, we're, when we come back, uh, James and Rick are going to pre- premiere for us. What is it? This year's uh, Air Venture song? Is well, I, I guess, I mean... It was just uh, written this morning, pretty much. So better yet. So, uh, no, I mean, am beforehand. I am I outing you here? Or are we gonna are you gonna try give it a try? Yes, play yes, definitely, right, definitely. So, what? so uh, uh, Rick and James will. Uh, what's it called? Can you tell us? A t- does it have a title? No, it doesn't. I don't think it does have it's a title. The, how about, uh, it's the song they wrote on Sunday morning. What's it going to be? Somewhere get? next year. Somewhere some, next year. Somewhere some, next year. Oh, that sounds oh, so wistful. Yes, I know. Wistful. There we go. <laughs> There's a title for the episode right there. <laughs> wistful. meeting Osh somewhere next year. Wistful. All right. So we're going to be back with right. uh, with uh, the premiere of, uh, of uh, James and Rick's song, and also our good buddy Dan Johnson has wandered in. We'll be talking to him in the next segment as well. So we'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to episode 300 of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. EAA Radio, the voice of EAA, 96.5 FM, 1210 AM, and online at eaaradio.net. Just so you know, no cats were converted into quadcopters in the making of this program. Back now to Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. That was good. I haven't heard that one before. And unfortunately, Jeb's off headsets because we had to reconfigure everything here for the music. But uh, but they did the quad crop, quadcopter cat squealing uh, uh, in, intro there by uh, by our good buddy Mike Morgan, who just does some awesome no work for us. I'm sorry. No cats were harmed in the making of this podcast. Yeah, that's right. So uh, Mike Morgan does some great work. Uh, he, he does a lot of things for us. He does a lot of things for EA Radio. He's produced uh, stuff all week long, and so that's kind of cool. So we're going to do some music here. Uh, this is all kind of little catches, catch can. We don't have like an opportunity to do a real professional sound check, so we're going to kind of fake it as we go. But uh, what are we doing here? Yeah, I'm, gra- I'm grabbing your. Oh, you're going to hold that one, and 
We need that one as a microphone, though, for one of the one of the uh, one of the guitars. There you go. All right. So uh, uh, before we begin, though, uh, so uh, James, you've been doing a song pretty much every year for a few years now. Tell us what some of the, the titles were in the well, past years. Uh, in the past, well, of course, we had Air Venture Blues that we threw together a few years ago, just sort of on the spur. Then, I guess three years ago, we did North 40. Came in with North 40. North 40 was one of my favorites. Although, Thank and, you. Then, and then Rock, Rock Your Wings. Rock Your Wings you, was last year. You did at the tie-down party, which was a big hit at the tie-down party. That was great. Great. What a wonderful cool. audience we had for that. Yeah. And so, uh, didn't come prepared this year, but certainly didn't want to show up empty-handed to the podcast. And you know, So, so the, you wrote this this morning. Yeah. You were rehearsing it on your way over here. We accept cash also. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, well, yeah, so it's pretty ragged and uh, pretty simple. But the thing is, uh, here we are, of course, this is the 300th episode of UCAP, which is pretty momentous. And we're here doing this broadcast at our home, UCAP's home away from home at Oshkosh here on the deck, which is not going to be here, unfortunately. Unfortunately, it's not. Yeah, this will be the last year this this building is here. We think about all the things that we've seen from here, all the friends we've made and had joining you guys and having me up here. And that's kind of what this song is about. Great. Well, take it away. Okay. And uh, it's called, for lack of anything better at this uh, time, we're calling it uh, Somewhere Next Year. This is the last podcast that will be broadcast from this fine crow's nest. That's clear. So let's take a moment to remember all the good times that we've shared right here. We're marking 15 score. I know there's plenty more, but let me say before we go. Thanks for all you guys have done and having me on in the fun of your show. So goodbye to what's behind us. Hello to what's ahead. Let's keep the memories that we hold so dear. Goodbye to all behind us. Hello to what's ahead. We'll meet again somewhere in Osh next year. So goodbye to what's behind us, hello to what's ahead. Let's keep the memories that we hold so dear. Goodbye to what's behind us, hello to what's ahead. We'll meet again in our somewhere next year. So we hate to go, EA Radio. We'll be back, I know that's clear. And now I see so vividly, a part of me will always be right here. So goodbye to what's behind us, hello to what's ahead. Let's keep the memories that we hold so dear. Goodbye to what's behind us, hello to what's ahead. We'll meet in somewhere again next year. Right. That's all awesome. Right. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you very much. James Winbrandt and Rick Reynolds here. Thank you. 
somewhere next year. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, That's very, you. very cool. Yeah, as, uh, as uh, James points out, uh, we discovered uh, just earlier this week that uh, after we leave uh, tomorrow, this building is going to be uh, demolished. Really? And, uh, yeah. What's uh, up with that? Well, it's, you know, they for years now, uh, EAA and I guess the FAA have been working to move the show back away from the flight line, from the uh, show line and from the runways for safety reasons. And uh, this, uh, you know, we've been thrilled to be out here because this is truly the closest structure to the runway out here, to the, to the edge of the flight line. And that's a very, very cool sight. But it, I can easily imagine that uh, they're just concerned about it being a little bit too close. So, uh, yeah, they're actually going to tear this building down uh, uh, starting in a couple of days here. Let me get this microphone back on here. Uh, okay, I think it should be working now, Jeff. How about now? There we go. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is... Uh, this will be our last uh, uh, UCAP episode from this particular deck. Uh, if we're lucky, there will be a similar kind of structure right. or facility available, but we don't know for sure how that's going to work out. Um, we may have to do a wireless remote. Yeah, so uh, so we're bring a couple of ladders and we'll stand up on top of them. And try to enjoy this uh, uh, even more than ever before. Um, let's see if we can get DJ on these headsets here. Sure. And uh, while you're doing that, I'm going to point out that the uh, C5, it continues to push back from uh, Phillips 66 Plaza. Slowly but surely. It's actually managed to make its way all the way now out onto, it's almost out onto the uh, 1836 runway. Uh, I where think we can effectively. Yep. Keep going. Is say something. I think it's it not is. working. There, there, it there, we, there we go. I think we can effectively say that uh, the uh, departures from 1-8 have been halted for a few minutes. Yeah, well, they're a little bit blocked right now. Well, in the uh, 17 that we saw a taxi by a little while ago, she'd been sitting up here with uh, all the starboard engines shut down for a while. Right. So. Well, she's on the roll. Now. She's on the roll now. The number the three, I think, is giving them fits. Uh, uh, it's hard to tell from here, but they were standing around uh, looking at it cursing, I'm sure, and kicking tires and and uh, not having a good day with that number three. I, I can't tell if it's running now or not. It does not appear to be. But they are using the other three and taxiing uh, under their own power uh, somewhere, somewhere to the northeast. Yeah. Once it, well, as you said, we've got airplanes lining up waiting here now because the uh, C-5 is blocking the runway. And uh, But I would imagine they're going to be back taxiing up to... Uh, very reminiscent of last year. Probably going to be sitting up there for the rest of the episode. I think back pushing is probably what's going to happen. <laughs> back pushing, yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. You don't think they're going to power down there on the, on the back taxi on the runway? Well, they may so. just Anyways, push yeah. it straight across and yeah. let her fire up from there because yeah. at her load, she doesn't need all of what's available. This is one of my favorite airplanes. I love the look and the lines of this airplane, yeah. the Pollen Special. Uh, and look, he's all geared up, man. He's got a helmet with a with an oxygen mask and the whole thing in there. He's going Well, he's set climb, climb records in it and speed records in it, and it, uh, it's billed as the world's fastest four-cylinder airplane. Is it really? Yeah, it's, it's sleek looking. I like that airplane. I always have. Joining us here up on the deck and in our virtual hangar is a, is a good friend of the podcast and a good friend of us, uh, Dan Johnson's here. Hi, Dan. How are you doing this morning? Good to be here with you again. Looks like we got all the little guys uh, cool in their jets while the big guy warms his up. Yeah, well, I guess Literally. that's the way it works, right? Huh? Dan, of course, is the uh, head guy over at the Light Aircraft Manufacturers Association, and uh, he's the go-to guy to talk about light sport aircraft uh, at these events. How is it going? What's the latest? It's been a very interesting week for a lot of reasons. There's been a lot of uh, the good news is the industry is selling some airplanes and continuing its uh, slow but steady, I have to add, recovery from the doldrums of the last few years. So that's good news. Uh, 
On the other side of the fence, not necessarily bad news, but uh, new twists in the ever-expanding story of FAA's involvement with aircraft. <laughs> so there's apparently there's no end to that, and yep. I guess that keeps the rest of us uh, with news to report all the time. Yeah. Um, so any particular uh, light sport announcements this week? New airplanes or new versions of airplanes or anything like that? Well, the uh, the one most significant, I heard you guys mentioning Pipistrelle earlier as I uh, climbed up the stairs here, and uh, they are the newest uh, special light sport aircraft, fully manufactured model to win their approval. That's number 126 on the list. Boo, That's wow. their little, little Alpha Trainer. Oh, yeah, we've been talking about it yeah. in... Uh, Jack Jack went over and took a look at it the other day. And, uh, well, you know, it says trainer on the side, but I went up to him and said, you know, is there an opportunity to take that word, just that one word, off? Because uh, something around half of the people that have been buying it are not using it for flight schools. That's really? what it was intended for. But yeah. at $85,000 with all the equipment you need, not, not full glorious glass panels and autopilots and the rest, but everything you possibly need to go have a good time is in there. $85,000 ready to fly. That's a good value on a sleek a little great, airplane. It's a great pl- price point. It definitely does seem and to be, As yeah. I remind some of, my, some of my friends and some of the people that ask me from time to time, if you take all the stuff out of the panel, everything in there, and throw it away, the airplane still flies. <laughs> That's right. Very well, in fact. In fact, maybe even a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a little bit lighter. But Yeah, glass versus analog versus... Uh, you know, digital versus spinning mass gyros, they don't change how the airplane flies. Not a bit. You know, and it is fun to have all that glass in the panels, and a lot of the LSA do. And, in fact, another interesting comment is that they have stuff that the GA certified guys can't have yet because right. it costs too much money to get that stuff approved. And, and the approval the- process is so different for that they can put it in LSAs. Yeah, a manufacturer decides he wants something new. He puts it in, does some work to make sure it's all proper and uh, meets the standards and the regulations and so forth, and he's done. Yeah. Now, that can happen almost overnight, whereas in the GA world, wow, long time. Yeah. Hey, we've got to take another break here. Uh, so when we get back, uh, I'm going to ask Dan to tell us a little bit more about LSA news this week. And I also, uh, longtime listeners know that uh, Dan and, and uh, David go way back. So we're going to see if we can get Dan to tell us a little bit more <laughs> about David's checkered past. Uh, but we'll do that in a few minutes after we take this break. I, I like to call it plaid. But <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Episode 300 of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. This is EAA Radio, broadcasting the spirit of aviation around the globe. Drone is not what they do. It is what they talk about. Welcome back to Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. And we're back here on the deck. Uh, during the break there, the... Uh Apparently the B-17 guys decided that three engines was enough because they just departed on runway 27. I'm sure they got all four engines running. <laughs> just making a joke. All right. And Calm down, everybody. Right. That's like the joke of the guy coming into the airport, and he goes, oh, this is Boeing such and such, a single-engine approach, and everybody gets a little hyper, and then turns final, and, oh, it's a Stearman. <laughs> yeah. You Good know story. <laughs> a little bit of engineering. I just want to make sure that we're being able to hear Jeb here. So test, say, test. There we go. All right. Test, test. So uh, the... Uh, 28. Yes. All right. See, I'm getting better at my aircraft identification. Got a bunch of airplanes lined up here because the uh, C-5 is almost not, well, obviously the T-28 took off, so it's not blocking I was the runway. I going to say, he's, he's clear yeah. of the runway. So let me see if I can do this. We got a V-tail Bonanza. We got a Skyhawk of some sort. We got the Pollen Special that I was admiring a few minutes ago. I'm guessing that Necklin's an RV and then another RV and then a, uh, a Velocity maybe or, or Long Easy. Velocity, I think. That's what I'm and then we got a definitely yeah. we got a long easy, yeah. all right. 
And then we got, I'm not sure, I want to say RV, but I don't think That's so. That's not an RV. No, That's, it's uh, I, I know what Tango. that is, but I can't, I can't tell you. And then there's an RV-10 behind it. Yeah. There's and a detail uh, uh, coming off the intersection. We got a 182. Oh, yeah, look. And uh, 150, 206, 205. Uh, a Cub, a Baron, and a Cub on floats. Yeah. So a lot of activity here. A lot of this... Uh, this backup is getting cleared out now that the C5 has moved all the way across the runway. Any other news, Dan, in that's the a, LSA world? Anything you want to tell us about? That's You're a right. traveler. You're right. Which one? The, the twin. The one between the Cubs. The, the, the twin. twin. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Don't see a lot of those. Dan, any other LSA news you want to tell us about before we start embarrassing David? Well, uh, one thing I want to jump in and say before LSA news, just because it's a very significant year for what I think is aviation's most charming segment of all. And that is the 30th anniversary of Part 103, a little segment that people don't hear about it all the time, and that's because they're not having any problems. I know. And it does not mean because they've gone away. We just got done doing another video interview on a nice little three-axis airplane you can buy for under $20,000, ready to fly, uh, from Race Air Designs. Uh, That's their uh, Skyway... uh, the name flips my mind right now. You know how you go blank on these important radio broadcasts. But, yeah, uh, the memory's the second well, thing to go. If we could just remember <laughs> what the first was. And, 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 and when I'm teasing you about David's checkered past, that's actually what I was alluding to. Um, you know, I, I know that you guys were probably only nine or ten years uh, old at the time. All right, Less than that, actually, but, but uh, thanks but, for remembering. But you guys were both around back 30 years ago when Part 103 that defined ultralights uh, happened. What, what, what was that like back then? What was... What was ultralight flying like before Part 103? Well, before that, it was actually not ultralight flying. It was just plain old hang gliding with no engines whatsoever, uh-huh. running off of mountains wherever it could. And that's where Dave and I first linked up, and uh, I showed him how to run to the edge of the mountain and then try and commit flight. Uh, for the most part, that worked. Actually, it worked all the time because he's still here, so we well, pulled it off one way or another. But then along came engines, and... We made some other interesting things happen. And we called them powered hang gliders. Absolutely, because that's what they were at first. Yeah. And that sort of led to uh, full-blown ultralights, which led to two-seat ultralights, which led to light sport. And there completes the circle. And speaking of uh, one of the little pipistrels, the one's going out to uh, join the party out there I see on the runway. Yeah, look at it. And and it looks pretty tiny by even comparison to the small airplanes. Well, certainly with that C-5A in the backdrop, I mean, of course, everything looks small. That's a picture. That's a picture. Randy's got to get his camera here and take a picture of this. One of the the powered hang gliders that helped bridge the transition was the foot launch Quicksilver. Little weight shift, membrane wing. uh, Open cockpit. Open cockpit. Well, they put an engine on it, then they put wheels on it. But in my mind... The guy that cemented the ultralight as a just a small airplane, that, that goes to Chuck Slasarchik and the Hawk, mm-hmm. because he designed a real airplane to ultralight standards. Well, he was one of the first to buck FAA, uh, thumb his nose at FAA, and actually make it so you didn't have to foot launch it. Yeah, you couldn't. Can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There had been a demonstration by one of the uh, ultralight makers or powered hang glider makers a foot launching their airplane with an engine and wheels. What the photograph couldn't show was that it was blowing about 45 knots up the hill that he foot launched mm-hmm. on. And he had this little sling set up to help him hold it up off the ground. And in three steps, he was airborne. And he submitted that as evidence of the foot launching thing, that that was going to be part and parcel to 103. And lo and behold, 
the, the brain trust, uh, Kenny Papard, Mike Sacri, and Art Jones said, no, no, we need this to be safer than that. We need these people to not have to be athletes to get these things off the ground. That's right. Wheels got to be part of it. The yeah. foot launch uh, was uh, sort of discarded. That was a that was a silly idea. If well, I have to well and it was an advisory and circular that let us fly exactly. hang gliders. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, it led to uh, modern ultralights, which uh, which evolved in their own way and and went global. Uh, we started it here in America, but then it traveled overseas, and there they became known as microlights. And a different regulatory environment over there allowed them to become a little bit bigger yet. And so finally now today we come back to LSA, and a lot of them are international, mostly from Europe, because we sent them ultralights, they turned them into microlights, and then those things, they turned microlights into light sport and sent them back to us. So yeah. it's kind of a neat little worldwide thing going on about It's like uh, a boomerang. Yeah, like something like that. Going global. Was, uh, was the development or the arrival of Part 103 uh, a welcome thing by your community back then, or was it perceived as something that would limit you? Or a- Actually, you got both sides of the map in the discussion. Exactly. But what it did was provide a, a formal definition around things around which things could develop. And prior to that, that foot launch standard under, under the advisory circular just left so much room, so much latitude. You had different FISDOs in different regions of the country reading it different ways, and they were doing their own definition of enforcement. And Part 103 kind of put an end to that and said, here's what it is. 154 pounds, empty weight, max, five gallons of fuel, max, single seat, max, day, VFR, 155 pounds for the unpowered variety, and hang gliders are yep. still considered Part 103 vehicles. But vehicles, not aircraft. That was another term they brought right. in. That the was Bernie down. Geyer's idea, right? And uh, but that was a, it's a really special thing. Listen to this. We've seen the FARs. I mean, the Aircraft Spruce and some of the other folks sell these big, thick books that contain all the codes that we're we're supposed to know and follow. Part 103 can be written literally the entire thing, front to back, on this on a single piece of eight and a half by eleven paper. If you use both sides, that's it. That is one of the coolest things still going on. So congratulations to everybody who's kept that fire burning all these many years, now 30 years, and they had a nice celebration down in the uh, down on the farm. And it may not surprise some of our long-term listeners that they can find a very nice story about that in the archives of the 2012 issues of yep. AirVenture Today. <laughs> features, actually, we got we roped in one of the guys that wrote the rule from the FAA. Ken Papard was here. Mm-hmm. I saw he was here earlier. That and, was fun uh, to run into and him DJ again. was in on it. Uh, and uh, then Mary had a nice piece about the uh, the return of the Hummer, which was one of the pioneering designs of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Sweeney. Uh, yeah. And yep. it's enjoying a little bit of a resurgence, if you will, because of folks like... Uh, uh, James Wiebe in Wichita with his B-Light design, which he reinvented out of somebody else's design, and he wouldn't appreciate, wouldn't, they wouldn't necessarily like that to Oh, we don't have to say who that is, but he's done some good work, and don't, there's a lot of other folks on the radio, some... then. <laughs> Jeb, you've been a little quiet here. You're just watching the airplanes. What are you just watching the airplanes and, and listening to Dave and DJ. Um, I, I do have a question for DJ. And, My uh, other name, by the way, Dave uh, knows me as DJ. That's fine. I like it too. But I'm Dan, actually. Dan, excuse me. <laughs> Dan, no uh, the question is, you know, for years, literally, we've been talking and hearing about the coming shakeout <laughs> in the light aircraft manufacturing industry, uh, in the uh, the LSA industry, and um, to my knowledge, it hadn't occurred yet. 
It has not, actually. And, you know, I mean, what, what does shakeout shake out mean? It, it means that the market is no longer accepting a vast number of them or something, and so a bunch of uh, aircraft just go away. In fact, we continue to have more and more aircraft, and they are not particularly going away. The shakeout in its modern form is not a market-driven one, but maybe an FAA-driven one as they sort of amp up the requirements on the industry. And, in fact, that's not even an accurate statement because they're not asking for anything new. They're just asking for everybody to demonstrate that they are indeed doing it. And so earlier this week I had a press conference where we talked about the uh, aviation headlines and mainstream media headlines where they are blaring the phrase, LSA manufacturers evading the rules. And, in fact, that is just nonsense. It's not the case at all. It's a very small number that are not towing the line as they should. Most of the rest are going, oh, okay, we need to do that, too. We'll add that to it. Understand, this is a seven-year-old industry. It takes time to figure every last thing out. And an FAA stack of 1,000 or so pages that you're supposed to have, missing a single one or having a a line out of place on one of them means you're technically not in compliance. Right. And and this has happened to mainstream Part 23 and Part 25 manufacturers over the years where an audit found that the paperwork wasn't the standard, so they couldn't formally declare that the airplanes were up to standard because the paperwork wasn't there to validate that. It does not mean an airplane is unsafe or not being built right. It means they don't have all the documents, and they're supposed to, and we're working hard as the Light Aircraft Manufacturers Association to make sure they do have every single piece of paper they have, but let's be honest here about this. They're not doing that bad because the safety record's not bad. You guys recognized the potential for this three or four years ago when you started the self-audit process to help work with these folks and make sure that they had everything in a row. Yep, and And we're still doing that today. Matter of fact, we've partnered up now with Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University for them to assist... uh, Manufacturers not to do the auditing. FAA is going to do these auditing audits, but uh, the manufacturers can call in an Embry Riddle expert staff who will help them make sure they've got every I dotted and every T crossed. Yeah. Uh, when FAA has gone around and visited these airplane companies, they spend a few minutes looking at an airplane and then hours looking at documents. And that's the way it works. You can't evaluate an airplane just looking at it. Yeah. You can only look at the documentation behind it. And there's a ton of that, even in the relatively unregulated world of LSA. So uh, LAMA, the association for the industry, is trying to help make sure everybody knows all the dies to dot and T's to cross. Yep. Uh, you can probably hear the wind is starting to pick up here a little bit uh, at, out on the flight line at AirVenture 2012. Uh, that's kind of a good thing because also the overcast is burning off and the sun's shining down on us. It's starting to get a, uh, turn into a nice warm day here. It means we'll feel better as we burn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We won't notice it so much until much later. Jeb, uh, did that answer you? Yep. So uh, what have you been seeing out here, Jeb? What airplanes are looking good? Oh, oh we got the uh, Aeroshell. We got the uh, T6s lining up for departure, four of them, and then uh, uh, the fifth, well, two more behind it. Yep. Um, we got the Rockwell Commander, which has been doing yeah. sort of a, a, an homage to the uh, uh, yeah. to the Bob Hoover yeah. uh, uh, performances throughout the week. Got and Dougie. Dougie's come. Well, everybody's rolling here. I wonder if there's a forecast of some weather's going to come in later this afternoon. I don't see it coming anytime soon, but uh, they are starting to move a lot of airplanes out of the uh, uh, Phillips 66. Did the air show start earlier today? I'm not sure. You you know, it's funny there isn't like a newspaper that we could check. (laughs) Anyways. Uh, I think it's time for us to take another break. We're going to come back and talk a little bit about some of the uh, things we may or may not have purchased this year and uh, talk a little bit more about some of the things that uh, uh, we might get to see yet before we're done. But in the meantime, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Episode 300 of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. 
You're listening to the voice of EAA, EAA Radio, 96.5 FM, 1210 AM, and Radio.net. They could have titled their podcast Class G Airspace, but they didn't. Back now with more of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. Back again out here on the deck. The wind's continuing to blow a little bit. We apologize for the, wind, the microphone noise, but that's, you know, we're out here on the flight line. That's what it's all about. Uh, more cool airplanes. We got, uh, oh, what's that? Is that a, uh, one of these, uh, uh, I want to call it a midget Mustang. That's not right. That's it's one of those 51% 51. Yeah, Thunder Mustang or no, something like that. No, it's not a 51 it's 51. 51. It's from uh, Titan Company, and they oh, call okay. it the T-51. Okay. Actually, okay. there's three right. of them in a row there. You're right. And so one of those, they got a nice little sound to it. We were talking about this during the break. One guy actually built some speakers in under the cowling so you couldn't see them, and they were loud. I don't know what he was using to boost those things, but it gave you the actual P-51 sound <laughs> as he went off relatively quietly, but that, uh, people it loved it. Occasionally plays Ride of the Valkyries, and uh, that's, uh, that's an old movie reference. <laughs> yeah, he, um, and he didn't have to live with the fuel burn. of No, he, he had uh, you know two gallons an hour and all the noise of a P-51. What can't you love about that? <laughs> Is one of these the airplane that had its canopy smashed during the thunderstorm? We had, uh, so we had, yeah, the weather was... Flipped up and down on top of yeah, one. Of, one I don't of know. It was one of these three. That seems unlikely to me. But uh, yeah, it does seem unlikely that it would be repaired this quickly. We, so the the week, the weather this week has been kind of interesting. We came into the week expecting it to be scorching hot, and it certainly was. Oh from my time God! To Monday time. was terrible. Um, but it's also been very nice a number of different days as well. Um, and uh, although they were having, and probably still are having, a big-time drought here in Wisconsin, it has rained a fair bit throughout the week, uh, uh, numerous times anyways, uh, and uh, a couple of times pretty hard. We had a, a, a pretty violent little thunderstorm come through on Thursday afternoon or Thursday morning um, that uh, it wasn't very, very, very wide, in a, 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 a line of thunderstorms, um, or thick, I should say, but it was violent, and uh, the tower people reported that there were gusts of 50 knots of wind that just blew through the area. You know, and, those guys uh, actually sound pretty realistic. Yeah, you, don't they? If you listen pretty, loudly enough. They, they do sound pretty good, and uh, they got their tails up quickly, and, and whoa. One of them's having a little trouble here. What's going on? Uh, maybe some wake turbulence. Yep, that'd be my bet. Even the little guys make wake turbulence. Yeah. They, they all look fine now. So. Yep. And uh, so... Uh, the storm came through. Uh, apparently, a lot of damage to uh, uh, a lot of uh, minor damage, if you will, to uh, campsites, uh, tents blown around, and things like that. Yeah. A few exhibit tents had some wind damage. The most, the only uh, airplane damage that I'm aware of is the one we were just alluding to, where one aircraft, and I'm told it was well tied down. It was yeah. just the tie downs let go. There was some real strong, like a 70 mile an hour microburst there, or whatever yeah. it was. I don't and, know the uh, magic num- magic word, but it was a pretty strong thing for a bit. And and as sadly happens. In these situations, the airplane that broke loose landed on top of another airplane that didn't break loose, but just happened to be in the wrong yeah. spot, and uh, didn't seem to do an awful lot of damage. But it did smash the beautiful uh, uh, bubble canopy. That yeah, that, that's a uh, shame. But that that uh, when Mustang you have this many airplanes had. parked this close together, yeah. in an outdoor environment, you as know, we as we well know from that air air, fl- air show down south uh, last <laughs> a year ago or yeah, so. Yeah, it wasn't anywhere near like that. So we no, no, no. This was, but this it did one. prove. It did prove affirmatively that there is no such thing as the uh, 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 all-enduring tie-down system. Yeah, well, <laughs> Jeb, that's not, a, that's not a pleasant memory for Jeb, so we're not <laughs> going to talk about the tie-down stories. Uh, anyways, uh, so one, here's a, all right, I'm going to be a little facetious here, facetious on, all right. Uh, we had, uh, here's one big breaking story this week. Uh, another, uh, an aircraft manufacturer uh, was purchased not by the Chinese. 
<laughs> Excellently put. Yes. Uh, we had a new development in, a, in one of our oldest and most storied in the light aircraft segment. Back in the early days, it was actually a hang glider manufacturer, became an ultralight manufacturer, became an experimental aircraft manufacturer, and is now completing the circle all the way around with a range of every single one of those. Part 103 airplanes, EAB airplanes. And they're going to do SLSA and ELSA, so that pretty much is everything you can possibly do. And that and company it's, is? It's Quicksilver Aeronautics. We've known it as Quicksilver something or other many times, and its newest iteration is Quicksilver Aeronautics. Some new owners going to keep it going, and yes, they are not Chinese-owned. They are selling to the Chinese, but they're not bought by the Chinese. Yeah, apparently it was bought by a couple of individuals out of like the L.A. area or something like that. Yeah, some and, guys uh, that had been big shots with Kodak during its glory years, yep. and uh, some real savvy, smart businessmen. We're real happy to see that. We all love the passion of aviators, but sometimes we're uh, so passionate we kind of forget the fact that you got to run a business, too, and I think these guys are not going to forget that. So yeah. we Quicksilver, welcome them back to the party. The Quicksilvers have always been a, a favorite of mine. Um, you guys who are really tuned in to ultralights are familiar with the, all the more subtle designs and different stylings. But to me, Quicksilver has always been ultralight. That was what the look was. You well, know? here's a couple of interesting call-outs about Quicksilver and its performance over the years. First of all, in 2002 and 2003, that company alone made more airplanes each of those two years than Cessna, Piper, Beach combined. Really? Wow. Now, that was the slow years for GA, I admit, but still, that was an impressive performance. More than 2,000 aircraft each year by that company, adding up to a total today of more than 15,000 airplanes flying. That's twice as many, more than twice as many, even as our benchmark Vans aircraft, which has done a remarkable job. So here you have one of the littlest big airplane companies on the planet now uh, got new energy and new life and it's going to be exciting to watch how they develop things yeah very very cool very cool well, they they were i believe the first company to certify something in the what was then called the new primary category excellent point dave we just heard about uh, cessna this week deciding to uh reposition their skycatcher as a primary category aircraft uh, my own personal opinion is that's primarily so they can get into the European market without the five-year delay that IASA suggests for the light sport development there. It's, it's underway, but it's going to take time. The five years is their statement, not mine. And uh, Cessna has orders there. They want to fill those orders. They want to put airplanes on the market, and they don't want to wait. Yeah. So they're going primary category, but even the Quicksilver guys kind of joked and said, well... Since we were the very first ever primary category aircraft, the GT500, we welcome Cessna to the club. A <laughs> yeah. couple, couple of bits of, uh, of uh, podcast business here. Uh, first of all, we want to thank all of our listeners who we visited with this week. It's always a thrill to be chatting with folks, uh, and in particular the uh, listeners who came to our tie-down party on uh, Thursday evening. That was a blast. We had a good old time over there uh, on the grass over at the northwest corner of the field. Uh, uh, visiting with folks and uh, and sharing some adult libations and some soft libations and uh, and some cheesy poofs, which uh, were a big <laughs> hit. My friend Jeb, notwithstanding, all right. And uh, and although one of our one of our listeners did a little survey, which I think is a, a tainted methodology, if you ask me, all right. But he thinks that uh, he's right down there. That's, <laughs> Uh, and he, so he did a survey, and, but no one's, anyways, cheesy poops, the cheesy poops were a hit, and uh, and we had a good time, and it was a big thrill. 
just want to remind everybody, it's not too early to put uh, Thursday of Air Venture Week next year on your calendar. Well, we'll be back again with another tie-down party. That was a lot of fun. The other is we made a big announcement earlier in the week, and I'm not going to go into the whole uh, elaborate announcement, but we did announce a new uh, feature of the uncontrolled uh, airspace world, um, a project called ECHO which is a searchable, browsable archive of all sorts of good stuff from the first 300 episodes of Uncontrolled Airspace and more. We're going to be having a lot of new stuff in there and stuff from other aviation podcasts. You mean there was good stuff in there? <laughs> there was. There was. And so uh, you can go to uncontrolledairspace.com slash echo, and uh, we're gradually getting it populated with material. We think that by the time we've harvested harvested everything out of the first 300 episodes, there could be as many as a thousand different clips and and little snippets in there. So uh, check out UCAP Echo at uncontrolledairspace.com slash echo. That is one pretty detail. Where are we in terms of time here? We've only got a couple minutes, but that maybe is enough time to ask Jeb about something that he kind of goes back and forth on whether he wants to talk about. You had an opportunity to interview um, Senator Inhofe. I did. And uh, uh, give us a couple minutes on uh, what that was like and, and what you learned from the Senate. Uh, first of all, it's not the first time uh, I've uh, been able to interview the senator. did so a couple of years ago. Um, this was his 33rd consecutive visit to Oshkosh with his family. Uh, and uh, they're camping and, and having a blast and, and doing things all over the site. Uh, but the main uh, topic... Oh, there we go. The main topic we had for uh, uh, the discussion was the uh, Pilot's Bill of Rights and uh, his uh, efforts and, and instrumental work uh, behind getting that uh, passed both houses of Congress and on the President's desk. Um, I can't even hear myself think right now. But um, a very enjoyable conversation. Uh, I think uh, it would be hard to find someone on the field as dedicated to general aviation. Uh, as he is, um, and I think proof of that is in uh, his uh, uh, creation and, and support and and shepherding through the Pilots' Bill of Rights uh, through both houses of Congress. Uh, he had a long, long list of people to thank and uh, uh, incorporated that into the uh, the story. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was it was a, a very good interview. Yeah. Let's just see if your regular microphone's working right now. How about this? There you go. How okay. about that? There we go. So uh, so you had a nice talk with the senator and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and people can learn more about the specifics of that talk. There's an article that's in the newspaper, even if you're actually, not- actually, there, you know, we did make an article that went into the newspaper, yeah. and uh, uh, anybody can catch that either here at the show or uh, later on online, or, or even today online. Yeah, yeah, that's in the uh, July 29 copy. Yesterday, yeah, today, today, today's issue. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite airplanes uh, of the Warbirds, right. anyways, is uh, a B-25. Is taxiing up here and. Uh, Seems to be, yeah, it looks like they're doing a run-up here. Maybe that's what he's doing. And, yeah, it looks uh, like it. Uh, Beautiful. Uh, what is it? I'm trying to read the uh, nose, the name on the nose here. Uh, something girl. I'm not sure. I can't quite make it out. But uh, beautiful old uh, olive, olive green, olive red green uh, with uh, yellow highlights. Um, beautiful, beautiful old B-25 doing a run-up and uh, probably going to go out and taxi out and take off. Might say Georgia's girl or Georgia girl, something like that. Something like that, yeah. So... Where are we here? So we've covered that. We've covered that. Okay, we're doing good here. Uh, we got to take one last break. We'll be back for our final segment in just a few minutes. But uh, we'll keep watching the airplanes out here coming and going. What do we got on the, on the flight line out here? We got a, uh, what's the yellow one on the, all the way out at the end here? I can't quite make it out. Uh, behind it is a Cub. Uh, there's a, uh, uh, what is that, a T-33 or a T-6 maybe? Uh, T-6. T-6. 
And then down here on the taxiway is a, uh, a, a bonanza of some sort, I bet. That's an A36. A36. I'm getting better, see? Cessna 310. There you go. And that's the red tail P51. The C, yeah. Charlie. And he's also turned around a little bit to do his run up into the wind. And uh, going to be a bunch of departures here in just a couple minutes. Anyways, we'll be back for our final segment of this uh, episode 300. You're listening to Uncontrolled Airspace, episode 300 on EAA Radio. Broadcasting live from Whitman Field, this is Air Venture on EAA Radio, Oshkosh. They've all got Sharpies, and they're ready to autograph your Oshkosh NOTAM. Back with more of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. And we're back. Back right here out on the deck. So, Jeb and I traded my headsets, and uh, it's giving me a hard time as well. So, uh, anyways, we'll see how... There we go. That's better. Uh, these airplanes seem to be on hold here. Why is nobody moving out? Let's go. Oh, well, we'll get Doug. Dougie's landing. Dougie's coming in on uh, turning uh, short final here and uh, coming down for a touchdown on the uh, blue dot. We also have an impromptu air show, apparently. Oh, no, they're smoking. <laughs> yeah, right. They what? know that this is a no-smoking air... Oh, wait. What What do we think that is? is that's, that's the air, that's air, the air show guys. Oh, the air two. show guys, yep. The smile in the sky, Dougie, the DC-3, just uh, touched down on the blue dot right in front of us here. And uh, I would imagine that now they're going to start moving these uh, airplanes and, out. And the 25 is Georgie's gal. Georgie's gal, yeah. yeah. I love yeah. all these B-25s. Anybody out there listening, I would trade almost, well, there's any number of things that I would trade for a ride in a <laughs> B-25. That would be cool. That would be cool. Uh, so if anybody is looking for specific organ donations and has a B-25 ride, right. his name is Hodgson, yeah. Jack Hodgson, and he's standing by with a spare kidney. There we go. It's been quite a week. It seems like the uh, beginning of the week is just a long time in the past. Uh, one of the things that happened early on that was very, very cool was the arrival of all the Piper Cubs. Uh, we had, uh, I, by one count I heard was that there were 150 Cubs on the field at one point. I, I know the count was well over 100, and they had 75 in the mass arrival. Right. They maxed out the mass arrival. They were only allowed to bring in 75 during that time. And uh, it was quite a thing. A bunch of us were out here that morning at uh, 6.30 in the morning to watch the arrival, and it was very, very cool. They just came in one after another after another, and then they parked, most of them parked all together in that area out on the flight line uh, in front of Vintage. And, and it was just, just really remarkable to see row after row after row after row of these beautiful old yellow cubs. And that wasn't all of them, because a lot of them were scattered in other places around the yeah. field as well. There were a lot of beautiful Piper Cubs here this week. And... Uh, I know the feeling. I've been scattered around the field many times. Yeah. So that was one of the things that was earlier on the week here. The uh, Aeroshell T6s are uh, coming in on doing this kind of uh, turn. Re- recovering would be the word. Base to final turn here and recovering onto the runway. Touching down. Well, the first one's touching a little further down the runway. They, they probably will kind of work their way They ask him to get close to the red dot or yeah. the orange dot. So uh, a lot of airplanes still lined up here getting ready to part. Uh, we're sort of getting ready to depart, too. Uh, the uh, show will end uh, in uh, a few hours this afternoon. Um, those of us uh, who have been very, very busy on, on other things all week long used this afternoon to race around and, and actually see the show. Anything in particular you guys uh, uh, have on your must-see list for this afternoon? David? I, I want to look at a couple of the new uh, the new LSA category airplanes. Uh-huh. Uh, kind of interested in seeing the development there, and I have a couple of projects coming uh, later this year that fit into that so yep. it, it, we're going to call it research and then uh, after that i want to do as fast a rip through building a b c and d as i can and right. uh, yep 
pick up a few things. Anything, yeah, what, yeah, what are you, what's on your shopping list? It's not a shopping list. It's a research list. Oh, and, okay. uh, picking up materials, raw materials for stuff that uh, I know is on my uh, editorial dance card for later this year. Right, right. How about you, Jeb? Usually, is a, so you got to get your, your, your annual case of oil. Uh, no, I'm good on oil. <laughs> I did buy some filters already and a couple of other items. Um, not really sure. <clears throat> excuse me. Not really sure if there's anything else on my shopping list per se, but I definitely want to finish getting through the hangers. Yep. And uh, see some more of the show that I really just not, have not had a chance to see. Earlier in the week, you had ta- been talking about maybe buying one of these ADSB gadgets. So. I'm still thinking about it. Um, I'm kind of waiting uh, to see. Uh, there's a couple more products coming on the market uh, August September time frame. Kind of waiting to see what the initial impressions of those are before I uh, uh, pull the trigger. Smart man. Yeah. The uh, B25 is gradually, he's got to wait like anybody else, I guess. Uh, not sure whether they'll put him out there before the ones on the side taxiway. I'm not sure what the delay is right now either. Yeah, well, uh, one or two got out, and then the then the uh, aero shell, they're still clear in the runway down oh, there. Oh, that's what the delay is. There we go. Yeah. The last one just taxied off. So, uh, and I don't see anybody yeah, else an open runway. on the approach. So we'll see. The, uh, it's for those of you who are not here and don't realize how this works. These uh, these folks on uh, getting ready to depart are, are for the most part not talking to the tower, uh, or at least not the uh, the traditional tower up uh, behind us. There, uh, the FAA has set up a a small uh, raised platform right down there at the edge of the taxiway, and I believe they're talking on the radio to airplanes uh, right. waiting in line. And then there are also uh, FAA and EAA flag people down there uh, signaling the aircraft out onto the runways. And uh, it's a system that works very well, especially considering how many airplanes they shoot out of here uh, in a very short period of time. They have started moving them out now, and uh, so the first of the uh, de- this wave of departures is going. Uh, now we've got the Cub is on the roll, and the, uh, the Bonanza, I believe you said it was an A36, and this is the uh, T, uh, what did we decide this is, a T? T6. T6, okay. And the twin? That's a Cessna 310. And it looks like maybe... And then another twin would be the B-25, and they're waving him across. Let's see. Okay, the B-25 is going to win over the uh, P-51, over the... Uh, and so we got a lot of departures going on here. Uh, a fair number of people are, are, are here already. It's, uh, what, 11 o'clock in the morning, and uh, there are a lot of spectators out at the edge of the flight line with their, uh, with their uh, camp chairs and their umbrellas, and they're just watching the activity, and uh, I'm sure getting ready for the uh, air show, which will be this afternoon. So... Well, some of them are doing exactly what we're doing. Watching the airplanes. Yep. Watching Soaking the airplanes. up aviation ambiance, yeah. baby. Yep. So, anyways, what else do we want to talk about here? Uh, I was speaking of things that we're going to go and do. do I'm, uh, one of the things I want to do this year is uh, I've never actually been a member. You know, I've been a big Cessna guy for a long time now. And I confess that I've never been a member of any of the Cessna, you know, pilot and owners associations, and uh, and so I'm I'm in the process of uh, figuring. That, and, and there's a lot of them too. You'd think it would be easy to be a member of one of them because there's so many of them, but uh, I'm kind of trying to boil it down. I think I've pretty much figured out which one I'm going to join, and uh, and I'm we'll, gonna, we'll we'll send them a heads up. Yeah. Okay. Do that. Do that. I was hoping to see the. Uh, so uh, two, three, four years ago, there was a mass arrival of 150s and 152s. I believe it was an anniversary of the of the design, and uh, and a lot of them were associated with a with a 150, 152 type club called the 150, 152 club. And uh, I was hoping to see them here this year to chat with them and, and join their organization. There goes the B25. Let's see if we can hear it. Jeb, how many associations can you think of aligned with Cessna? 
I mean, with Cessna models. Well, with models, there's all kinds of them. I was yeah. over in the Type Club uh, uh, shed, and uh, there's you know there's a 170 club and a 140 club, and a, you know, um, but and there is a 150 club, but it wasn't there. They, they weren't exhibiting here. I couldn't find it. But uh, there's this new invention you can use. Maybe it's called, I think it's called the internet. Um, maybe yeah, you can yeah. use that to find them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, we're starting to reach the end of our allotted time here. What do we got? Oh yeah. All right. And. Uh, just kind of five continuing minutes, to enjoy. Minutes, man, you know, if you didn't know, you'd think that airplane was on fire, but it wasn't. It was just the uh, acro smoke. This is another one of the. Uh, oh, it's the last of the T. The uh, last of the aeroshell squadron. Yep, coming in right after the uh, P fifty one took off. And of course, if that's pretty if, if you're at home and listening to this, and you want to catch some of what uh, is going on in terms of air traffic management here, you could pick it up on liveatc.net. Mm-hmm. And, and, and hear it as it's happening because they've got 118.9 and, and a bunch of other stuff going on and I believe they're the ones streaming this and uh, there's a lot of ways to plug in by remote control without being here should you not be able to be here but we do recommend that you consider being here uh, if, if you haven't in the past this ought to be on air, every airhead's dance card sometime early in, in, sometime in their life yeah absolutely I, you come you know, and you can see Jeb yeah well Come anyways. What the heck? So, <laughs> Jeb's giving me a look. What else is going on around here before we wrap this up? Another one of my favorite warbirds is, uh, seems to be pulled out here. The uh, the uh, A6. That's an EA6B. Yeah, that's yeah. That's not an A. You're right. They're no longer A's. Yeah, they're, the electronic they're now electronic warfare. The uh, that's the intruder. The intruder. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Very very uh, famous and significant airplane in its time. Um, had a great movie made about it, the uh, flight yeah. of the intruder, yeah. and uh, um, but no longer no longer serves in a, in its original uh, air to ground attack role. It's now just um, oh well, how cool watching the wings yeah, fold out. Yeah. yeah, look at that. He just turned the corner. He's actually taxiing under his own power, coming along the uh, near taxiway here, and as he turned the corner off of uh, the uh, Phillips 66 taxiway, taxiway uh, the wings folded down. Now he's taxiing. He's going to be loud. Your guys, you folks are going to hear this one for sure. Uh, we may not be able to hear ourselves when this one goes by. Detail Bonanza on the roll. What else before we finish up here? Um, I blabbed a little bit earlier on about episode 300 and doing this thing for six years. Anything you guys want to add to this? Um, uh, yeah, like Dave said earlier, it's about 295 more than we thought we'd be doing. Yeah. Um, it's been a thrill. It's been a joy. Uh, I was joking about the fact that I talk to you guys every week, and there's nobody in my life I talk to for an hour at a time every week it's for one six of the years. High, it's one of the high points of the week for me, yeah. every week. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it remains to be seen where we go from here, but one thing that isn't going to change is talking to you guys every week and uh, and kind of keeping up on the uh, on the, uh, the the news of the day and the, the whatever's interesting about flying. Here's the, uh, the uh, E6 or EA. What do they call it again? What's the designation? Echo Alpha 6 Bravo. Echo Alpha 6 Bravo. Right in front of us here. I just think that's an awesome-looking airplane. I like it a lot. Some might think it doesn't look like a traditional airplane shape, but I like it a lot. It it has a look driven by the mission. And we got another T-28 here doing his run-up. The crowd's definitely starting to pick up here this morning. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Anyways, I guess maybe it's time for us to wrap this thing up. Uh, what's the deal here? So we're sticking around today. Yeah. Uh, we're going to uh, do a little bit more socializing with our local friends tonight. Uh, we'll do our traditional uh, breakfast tomorrow morning, I would imagine. And then uh, you're launching out of here. In, uh, Shortly thereafter. Yeah, sometime midday. Uh, likewise, I'll hit the road. Uh, 
David, for airfare reasons, you're sticking around one more day, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so you're going to get to really see it get quiet here. Because it gets quiet kind of fast over the next couple uh, of days. Years ago, I got weathered in here for four days, and uh, it's amazing, the transition. Yeah. it's. I mean, even from today to tomorrow morning, it'll yeah. be amazing. And by Tuesday, I can only imagine it's going to be really, really something. So, folks, it's been a treat. I'll let Jack and Jeb take it out. Yeah. So let me just, uh, a couple of thank yous here that are very, very important to us. Uh, first of all, thanks, as I've always said, to all of our EAA friends who make it possible for us to come here, um, either in our roles as uh, working on the newspaper or our friends uh, who uh, uh, let us do some of the uh, uh, versions of UCAP that we do throughout the week. Uh, all of our friends at EAA, uh, is a, it's a very special friendship to us at Uncontrolled Airspace, and uh, we appreciate it and we thank them. Um, we absolutely want to thank Tommy and Jim and the entire gang here at EAA Radio for welcoming us into the their facility each year. Uh, we enjoy it. We enjoy coming out and being on their deck. We're sad that this will be the last time we'll have a chance to be on this deck, but with any luck at all, we'll have another facility that's similar uh, for us next week. So, so thanks to all the EAA radio folks. Thanks to Dan Johnson, uh, who uh, stopped by and told us a little bit about what's going on with uh, the, uh, the LSA world and uh, giving us a little bit of the history of uh, ultralights. That was very, very cool. Uh, thanks, uh, uh, of course, to uh, Jim, James Winbrand and Rick Reynolds for stopping by and sharing their thoughts on the fly-in. And also, that's the uh, 228 on the roll here. Thanks to James and Rick for premiering uh, their new song for us here, uh, the, the title of which escapes me here, uh, Somewhere Next Year. Somewhere Next Year. Somewhere Next Year, which is actually very, very appropriate. Good title. Uh, so thanks to James and Rick. Uh, that's Dave Higdon. Uh, this is Jeb Burnside. I'm Jack Hodgson. David, were you going to say something? Everybody that flew in and flew out, they get to live longer because, you know, time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. See you next time. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. Adios. You're listening to EAA Radio, 96.5 FM, 12.10 AM, and online at eaaradio.net.